Sales win rates have plummeted to a mere 17%, and outdated technology and tedious manual processes are to blame. Meanwhile, managers lack the visibility they need to hold their teams accountable. But imagine a world in which these crippling issues are solved automatically. Revenue.io automates the most frustrating parts of sales so reps can focus on what they do best, selling. Completely automate pre-call research, logging conversation data in your CRM, writing post-conversation recap emails, and prioritized outreach. And as reps book more meetings and close more deals, managers gain the real-time insight they need to scale what's working across their entire team. Ready to say goodbye to tedious sales processes and watch your win rate soar? Head over to Revenue.io to learn more. It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello and welcome to Accelerate. I couldn't be more excited to talk with my guest today. Joining me is Bob Perkins, his founder and chairman of the AAISP, otherwise known as the American Association of Inside Sales Professionals, though you rarely hear it said all in full like that. Everybody knows the AAISP. And Bob has helped preside over a significant sea change in how sales take place in America. He's contrary to the belief of many, of many, inside sales has been around for a long, long, long time. But now we're witnessing a revolution of sorts with regards to how mainstream business-to-business sales takes place and technology is enabling more of the sales process to take place remotely, even with complex, expensive systems that are often being sold without a sales rep ever visiting the customer. So with my guest today, we want to talk about where sales is headed from here and the impact it'll have on your business. And so, Bob, welcome to the show. Thanks, uh, Andy. It's great to, great to be with you today. Great. So, yeah, take a minute, introduce yourself, tell us how you sort of got from the beginning to where you are now running this organization. Well, uh, yeah, I'd love, love to share a little bit about my background. I, I actually taught school for a few years, and um, I, I didn't do too good at that. And uh, people ask me why I got out of teaching, and, and it's because I, I tell them I taught seventh and eighth graders. <laughs> and so <laughs> That will do it. <laughs> that'll do it. Enough said. Uh, but but I, I, I uh, started in sales uh, back in the early 80s and um, had a few years doing uh, mostly field sales. Back then, telesales, as we call it, was a little bit of a novel idea. I had a chance to, to go to Unisys uh, to be a manager of telesales, I, and really I didn't know what I was getting into. Um, but I quickly found out that... Uh, this form of selling via the phone. Now, now remember, back then we didn't even have email. There wasn't there wasn't really much of an internet to do research on. But I knew after just about a year at Unisys that, that I sort of loved the idea of trying to prove that you know what you can sell uh, some complex big ticket items uh, over the phone. It's just not. Uh, a simple commodity sale. And so I sort of made it my mission, uh, you know, back in the, the late 80s and early 90s, kind of made it my mission, if you will, to prove that in that, that telesales, as we called it, 
really could uh, could do almost as much as the traditional field sales. And I think, Annie, the rest is history. You know, I moved from there to, to Silicon Graphics and then United Health Group and, and then finally Merrill, which I've retired from. But along the way, I, I built teams and really tried to improve uh, inside sales. And I knew uh, many years back that we, we had no resources if we wanted sales training, we'd go to a, a traditional company, you know, like a Miller Hyman, mm-hmm, Dale mm-hmm. Carnegie, which was fine. And I knew back then that um, there wasn't anything specifically designed for the for the finer art of uh, remote virtual selling. And I had the idea of someday we need we need this association resource, and eventually got <laughs> around to forming the association and. You know, and here we are today. So when did so it's been, when did AAISP start? When did you guys start this? Well, that was that was officially started in two thousand nine, and you know, the, I had sort of put a framework together oh, a year or two before that, and uh, we eventually got around. Everything was just right with my career and uh, my business partner Larry Reeves. Uh, his, his, the time was perfect to launch it because we both we both had a little bit of time to put into it. And we started it out very small as really just, hey, let's do this one conference. And if we if we just do one conference a year, that'll be great because we really need it. The community needed it. And, and, and of course, we we um, we grew beyond my wildest dreams in many different areas, not just conferences. Sure. So um, how many members do you guys have now? We're about 11,000 members. Wow. Um, yep. Represented by about 3,000 companies. Excellent. Excellent. So... Here's a question. Have we reached the point where we can stop calling it inside sales and just call it sales? Well, we're, I think we're getting close to that. Um, and, and quite honestly, as I, as I talk and describe what we're doing, I talk more in terms of remote or virtual sales or digital sales. Um, the, the, the term inside sales, though, does play – it plays an important part of – describing the function because people now know it as they know it as inside sales uh business development is a form of inside sales but they call it sort of business development right the lead generation people. sure the sales development right sales development right and, and so um uh, yeah we're we're, we're kind of getting close and that's an interesting question i, I think the term is going to be around for a while just because it it's it's a descriptive term um, and people still use it, but the, the, certainly to your point, there's a line between what I'll call traditional field sales and then inside sales. Those lines have, you know, they were starting to blur many years ago, and they're continuing to blur. And both of those, what we know as traditional field sales and inside sales, they're they're really doing like ninety five percent of what they do is the same, right? Yeah, um, and I mean, so much of field sales is done remotely these days too. So I mean, that's why I'm saying. Yeah. I think th- that blurs the line so much. You know, and I work with, with uh, CEOs and I'm, you know, coaching them and helping them put their plans together, say, okay, we're going to build a sales team. You know, we don't distinguish between saying, oh, we're going to build an inside sales team. We're, just, we're building a sales team. Right, right. So. Yep, exactly. So what are some of the, the big changes that you're seeing occurring in, we'll use the term inside sales for our conversation today, in inside sales, sort of in the short term? Because, 
there have been some fairly significant changes. Some, you know, being driven by technology. Some just yeah. served by the specialization of the the roles themselves. Yeah, you know, that's the other thing. Let me comment on the on the specialization. Specialization has been around for a long time, as as has sales development. Right, sales development has been around almost almost as long as inside sales. Yet people think it's kind of this new phenomenon. It really isn't. What's happened is. I, you know, backing up a little bit, I believe um, when we started going hard with marketing automation, right, using tools that just deliver up, we'll call them warm leads. Mm-hmm. We, there's such, there's so much out there happening with these leads that we we need to we need to uh, staff up to really handle them. And, that, and that's what I think you, you've seen. That's one of the changes. People are staffing up. I mean, the growth rate of uh, sales development and, and inside sales is through the roof. I think that's part of the reason. The other reason is, is because it's, it's, it's being driven by the, by the customer. Customers, we know through research, want to interact digitally the same way they do in the evening when they go shopping on on Amazon. They want that same experience in the business-to-business purchasing uh, process pretty much, by and large. They don't want to open up a conference room and have a a dog and pony show come in. They want to click. They want it on their mobile. They want it uh, if they need to, <laughs> I say if they really need to, they pick up the phone. Uh, you know, so even the phone is 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 getting you know less and less critical to this to this whole you know buying movement, if you will. And and, and because of that, uh, now now you take a sales rep that's uh, and I'll sort of take your lead here. I won't. I'll try not to use the word inside sales, although, Andy, it is near and dear to my heart. But yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I said for the purpose of our conversation, let's let's use the term just so we're clear. Uh, okay, yeah. So so today's inside salesperson, um, what's changed for them is a significant requirement in skill set and um, full length of the sales process. And what I mean by that. Just to draw a comparison for those listening here, if you go back 10, 15, 20 years, it was primarily a phone-to-phone skill, right? Mm -hmm. They need to be a good communicator. Yeah, they needed to know about their product and so on and so forth. But more or less, it was a team-selling approach. Yes, they did close on their own, but it was more of a team-selling approach. Today's rep the movement from a predominant teamed model that's inside team of the field has has migrated to what we call a discrete model where the inside rep now is owning the quota and owning the full sales cycle not that they didn't 20 years ago they did in some cases but it was 85 90% team today the t- you know we're we've almost surpassed the team model as the most predominant uh, inside sales model. We're almost there, and I predict in the next three to four years, discrete will be more predominant than team. So, what does that mean for the skill set? It means I got to be good at social. I got to know my LinkedIn. I got to be a good virtual communicator. I have to do screen to screen selling. Oh, and I even need to be good at video because video is starting to 
take hold. And I got to propose, I got to negotiate, I got to handle objections, and I got to close. But and but it seems like the question I'd have is that what they've been relieved of is yeah. given the specialization is the prospecting. So well, that's, so that's that's yeah. you know a change I think when you maybe start with Unisys is where you know somebody really did handle the full cycle from sales development prospecting all the way through close. Or today though the inside account execs really are sort of been relieved of that because we have these specialized sales development reps that are are handling that task. Well, interestingly, Unisys had a lead development team. Okay, oh, so very good. yeah, so but you 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 are right in that today we have more uh, companies that implement uh, sales development that then then hands a inside rep an appointment. Okay, so you're 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 absolutely correct that that has been a uh, a growing change, if you will, over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now back to back to this this skill set, I interviewed a, a vice president of Oracle Direct. And Paul McCurris said, Bob, he goes, you know, 10 years ago, all I worried about was making my quota and forecast. He goes, today, all I worry about is finding enough skilled reps to backfill, you know, to fill positions. And so what's happened is you couple growth of jobs, you know, sales development being part of that. You couple that with a now a much higher skill requirement, and you, the law of supply and demand says we have a shortage. So we we today have a shortage of the skill and experience required for the positions we hire. And guess what that means? Now training, and, and we, we study this every year through our top challenges research. Our inside sales leaders tell us, Number one, hiring and recruiting. Number two, training and development. Right. So we're we're trying to keep up with the explosion that's happening, and we're you know we're 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 not quite keeping up with it. So so okay. So that that triggers a couple questions for me. Then is given sort of the breadth of skills that you're talking about that the inside account executive needs to have. Yeah. Is would that argue for even further specialization so that Gosh, now we have our sales development reps, and then maybe there's middle of the funnel reps. You know, the people are really good at demonstrating, you know, talking about the product, you know, discovery, and then you have those that are, you know, more customer focused, uh, yep. closers, yep. and so on. I mean, do you yep. see that potentially happening? You know, um, what I do see. Uh, that's a really interesting question, by the way, and I haven't thought of it in, in exactly those terms. But we we do see some companies saying, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna have sales development, and then we're gonna have you know your your typical hunter and farmer." So they go sales exec, which is more of your net new closing, and then your account manager. We're, mm-hmm. we're, we clearly see that. But um, you know, I've heard some conversations around this. Do we add a you know do we kind of add a demo expert in there and and some companies are 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 even even um, experimenting with. I'm going to use the term systems engineers. Really, right. that right yep. that that kind of are in there doing their thing in the middle of the cycle. So, and that the real story gets back to <laughs> your team approach that you had at Unisys, <laughs> right? Yep. I mean, that's I, one of my one of my beliefs is that there's nothing new. Right. Yeah. I mean, we can say this further specialization is new, but as you start using these terms, 
it's really the same old thing again, except in a different sort of different envelope. In a different envelope. And here's another one. Here's a really here's a cool example. Um, back to my Oracle uh, friend there, Paul, uh, who ran a big piece of Oracle Direct. They did a reversed team model. This is really interesting. So in a traditional uh, team model, you have one inside rep working with one, two, three, four, five, or six field reps. Mm-hmm. And the inside rep was kind of the the coverage and the field reps tossed them some leads or easy deals or whatever. So what Oracle did was they took a, a patch, which wasn't really, uh, it was kind of a, a green field, they called it, really right. an un, untouched patch. And here's what they did. They put five inside reps covering this geography that ran it, that owned the quota, and and then they teamed them with one outside rep. And the inside reps would work stuff, and when they needed face-to-face support, it's kind of the opposite. Oh, very interesting. They the field rep, and they, they found it to be pretty successful. Um, and, and that you know, you know what that points out? That points out the virtualization of the buying and selling process is where it's at, right? Well, but also to some degree what it points out, I think maybe, a, at least to me, I mean, the more more salient lesson is there's you can't get rid of the human-to-human face-to-face altogether, at least in, in larger relationships and more complex deals, is at some point, Somebody needs to see a person, but not right. all, not, not, not as much as we th- yep. would have thought, you know, 20 years ago. Right. Exactly. But, but it still exists to some level. And I, I find that very, 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 very fascinating way to yeah. do it. Yeah. I mean, so as you said, sir, turning it on its head and that, that makes a lot of sense because yeah, occasionally you need to have somebody has that face to face that somebody can put a face to the company because yeah. if they're not, the competitor may be coming in there and doing that and really stealing the business. Yeah, and and even when I went out and studied uh, Inside Sales, I'm sorry, uh, Salesforce.com, out in uh, out in San Francisco, mm, six seven years ago, they had a pretty interesting inside outside model. Um, their their mid tier customers were handled by inside reps, but they labeled them as hybrids, so they could travel mm-hmm. as needed. Granted, they weren't out in the field 100% of the time, maybe 10% travel, right? Yeah, well, I think there. I think accounts, and this is a lesson I think for people listening, is is depending on what you're selling and the, the complexity of what you're selling, the value of what you're selling, is there reaches a point and a size where having some FaceTime with the customer really becomes essential. Because and it doesn't mean a lot, but if you have a competitor that's in there walking the halls, leveraging their network, talking to people, um, you know, you're going to be at a disadvantage ultimately because you may not be finding these opportunities that would exist if you, you know, are just able to get people when they're available on the phone as opposed to sort of making time to go see them. Well, there's, you know, we could, we could sit here and debate, you know, certain, certain industries and certain professions lend itself, uh, I think, better to leveraging face-to-face resources than others, right? right. We, you know, but as a general rule, um, we, we just know through all the research that's been done out there, um, we, we just know busy professionals, um, you know, there's a reason that online 
purchasing has gone through, you know, continues to increase year over year. And I think the same thing holds true for business to business decision makers. Sure. Right. And we know they, 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 they get they get a lot of their information online. We know that and through their peer groups. So um, it just makes sense that uh, when, as you put it, when you talk to companies about deploying sales resources, you're you know, you're looking at uh, probably mostly uh, sales done virtually. Oh, yeah. In yep. every case. Right. Yep. So yep. And, yep. and the thing that's interesting is that really, by and large, it's been that way for quite some time. I mean, I can go back, you know, 20, 30 years myself, and I was selling large complex systems to companies all over the world. And, you know, I maybe saw, if I was selling something that was worth $10 million, I may have seen the customer three times before I yeah. sold it to them. Yeah. But the rest, the rest was all done at that time. Yeah. It was done over the telephone. Well, well, I tell this story, Andy. Um, we, the, the AISP, we have... We've made three or four significant um, software purchases. We we you know we use um, we use Salesforce.com as a mm-hmm. CRM. We use a, a not uh, we use a, uh, Acton. It's like a Mercado. Oh, we have yep. uh, and and we have never of those three or four significant purchases. We we've never met anyone. <laughs> and I get a call, you know, I get a call from my uh, Salesforce.com account manager. Hey, I'm going to be in Minneapolis. Can I, can we do lunch? And I'm like, well, no, I'm traveling. You know, I'm kind of like, just leave me, just leave me alone. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Great. All right. We're going to take a short break and we'll be back after the break with Bob Perkins talking more about the future of inside sales. Hi, this is Andy. Connect and Sell is used by sales reps at nearly a 1,000 companies, including hundreds of technology startups and several Fortune 500 companies, to overcome the challenges of getting prospects on the phone. Companies using Connect and Sell grow their revenues faster by enabling their sales reps to have more sales conversations in 90 minutes than they could otherwise achieve in an entire week. Connect and Sell can be deployed directly to your sales reps, or you can take advantage of their outbound on-demand service, which delivers qualified prospect meetings scheduled directly on your sales reps' calendars. Visit connectandsell.com to learn more about how Connect and Sell can start filling your pipeline today. All right, welcome back. My guest today, Bob Perkin, founder and chairman of the AAISP, the American Association of Inside Sales Professionals. So one of the topics I want to jump into here is, you talked about training before, and you know, the current sales training model to me is broken, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's irretrievably broken. And so, yeah. sir, what, what's your vision of, of how that can be fixed now, especially, especially talking about, you know, we've got this incredible growth in the number of, uh, sales development reps and account execs, you know, inside sales, sales teams really growing pretty rapidly is, is yeah. how, what's your idea of how we can do a better job of educating, and I want to say educating yeah. as opposed to training, educating the sales force. Yeah, no, you know what? I, I wish I had a perfect, uh, a perfect solution. I don't think there is a necessarily this this perfect way to go. Here, here's what I can tell you. <clears throat> Number one, I can tell you that um, there's there's sales trainers, there's training programs. You know, I mentioned Miller Hyman, I think earlier things like that, that I do believe provide a, a good foundation. In fact, um, you know, a few years ago when I hired a new uh, inside sales rep, I sent them to Miller Hyman because I do believe it gives a, it gives a good foundation. The, the 
problem, though, is that they really don't teach any of the nuances that are critical today. You know, give you an example. Using LinkedIn, okay, that, mm-hmm. that, that's a that's a foundational uh, requirement today for for an inside sales rep. Uh, but you know, you, you have to really dig hard to find out some training. On it. So I think to to improve the training process, and let's talk about third party trainers. They need to take the these these buckets of skills and experiences. Um, for inside sales, specific inside sales, and really build them into training programs. And I mean things like um, the use of social media, um, things like modern day prospecting, right? And there's some firms out there that that do a wonderful job with with modern day prospecting. But you know, if you you think about that, a lot of trained firms, uh, the traditional ones, they 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 fly right past that. They may talk about well, uncovering someone's needs. Well, that's good, you know. But how do you draft an email? How do you draft an email today that might get open rates? How do you how do you leave an effective voicemail? Um, how are you using social? Um, what about presenting a demo? Demos today, even by field sales, are often done screen to screen remotely. Sure. Well, let's put some training in there about effective virtual pre- presentation. So you have all these skills and these things that people need to learn. Uh, and we need training companies that embed those actual pieces into their training. That's number one, you know. And then number two, we talk about uh, coaching and and call recording and we we're we've eliminated some excuses because in the day when i was coaching how did i do it it was called a splitter right so Mm -hmm. i'd sit or i'd sit there with a rep and i'd put on a splitter and we're but he he or she is making calls and i'm waiting and i'm waiting and i'm waiting and you know they get through (laughs) like five percent oh we got one um they're too busy to talk. So I might sit there for an hour, and if I had one good phone call in an hour, um, it, uh, you know, it uh, it was a lot. So today there's technology out there that'll queue up recordings and 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 just deliver to the manager just the good calls they want they want to coach to. So coaching uh, is really a big piece. Um, but, but it seems like one of the things yeah. where problems we're running into at the management level, uh, especially you know, given the rapid rate at some of which some of these teams scale and so on, is that they it appears to be they're too metrics driven and less coaching oriented. And so I'm not seeing personally not seeing enough uh, skills improvement taking place that could take place through coaching because yeah. the managers are under pressure to make sure that the reps are making enough calls and so on and so forth. Oh man, you're you're so right. It's it's a vicious cycle. You know, I kind of went on a little bit of a crusade many years ago about, you know, get get out of you know get out of your dashboard. Stop, you know, stop measuring dials and and what you know and and things like that to, to only to say you got to make more calls. That's <laughs> it, it's ridiculous. I mean, making more calls, you know. It's not going to deliver. It's just going to deliver more bad results. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, well, yeah. so here's a question for you. This this is yeah one that's a 
a big one of mine and one I'm spending a lot more time talking about with audiences and so on and, and managers and, and the like is that is that we seem to fundamentally not understand productivity. And so people conflate more quantity with productivity as opposed to outcomes with productivity. You know, productivity measured in typical economic terms is, you know, measure of output for a unit of input. Well, no, yeah, for if you talk to most sales managers these days, it's especially an inside sales sense, it's like, Productivity is how do we go from 40 calls a day to 50 calls a day per rep as right, opposed to right, saying, right. how do I generate, go from $1,000 per hour of sales hour invested to $2,000 revenue generated right. for sales hour invested? So how, how, do they, how do we make that transition? Well, here's what I've, here's what I've tried to do over my career, um, which I think helps. Again, I don't, I don't necessarily have the perfect answer to that. If I did, you know, we... Every company would grow revenues thirty percent a year, but I do believe you got to look at you got to take a look at the most productive sales reps. You got to look and see what are they doing differently. How are they doing it? Is it simply is it uh, is it more calls, right? And, and I and I got to tell you that the the initial most rudimentary activity pieces such as as you put it going from 40 to 50 calls is not the thing that i've seen over the years make reps better i've seen things like really really good persistency meaning they may call somebody and leave voicemails and the person had some interest they won't let that go and they will you know professionally persistently bother the person until they, you know, get back in front of them. Mm-hmm. I've seen, right. I've seen, uh, people that, um, uh, don't, uh, don't take a no and then, you know, retreat for a long period of time and get, you know, kind of put down and then take a while to come back and be, uh, positive. They just, they take the no's and they forget about them. They go on someone that they can get a yes from. So there's the aggressiveness, the persistency, um, you know, the, 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 the ability to create passion and excitement in their voice, right? right. How they actually communicate. And uh, that, that is a huge impact when you're, when you're selling virtually. So um, I, I think it's, it's some of those things that, yeah, they're hard to teach, but you can model them. And, uh, you know, I've been for- fortunate. Now, there's so much that goes into how you hire and how much money you pay. There's so much that goes into what I call building really at the highest level of leadership. It's called building a high performing organization. What are those things you want to do? Because I can, you and I can walk into a sales floor and we can tell within an hour of just listening and interviewing people. Is this high performing? Is this a, 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 a really, you know, kick butt culture or is this something that, you know, people are just punching the clock and they can't wait to leave. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, now you're talking, these things you can't measure in dials. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know if I answered that question. Oh, no, you, now, did. But- you did. That was, that was a good attempt. So all right, we're going to move into the last segment of the show. I've got uh, some questions I ask all my guests, and, and I lead off always with a hypothetical scenario. 
and everybody answers it. So I'll give it here to you. And here's the scenario. You've been hired as a new sales leader at a company whose sales have stalled out and a turnaround needs to take place. So what two things could you do your first week on the job that would have the biggest impact? Well, the very first, and I've, I've been in that situation. So the very first thing I would look at is the, the current leadership in place because leaders, even frontline leaders that manage people are critical to an achievement oriented culture. So I'd inspect, um, I replace if needed, I, you know, do whatever. So that's number one. Secondly, I would meet one-on-one individually with each of the sales, you know, people, and I would interview them in depth, right? About the job, about their activity, about their performance, about even about uh, their, their, them personally, right? Because when a leader does that, they they get a they'll get an immediate pulse on what's working, what's not, what needs to be improved. I mean, I have a whole outline of of four or five things that that I would look at, right? Uh, As I do these interviews, right? You know, leadership, recognition, um, you know, current, uh, current activity levels, all this kind of stuff. Okay. Excellent. Good answer. All right. So now we've got some rapid fire questions for you. You can give me one word answers or you can elaborate as much as you want. So when you sell, what's the most powerful sales tool you have and your personal attributes? It's making it about the other person. Make it about them. Get so, to know them first before okay. I even talk about what I'm selling. Okay. So building that rapport. Yep. So name one tool you use for your own sales management that you can't live without. Uh, it, it's a it's more of a process, but it, it has to do with um, meeting uh, uh, meeting with the salespeople. Uh, in a non-traditional performance meeting. So it means taking them to lunch. And, you know, you may mm-hmm. have a business discussion around that. But meeting on their terms in a kind of neutral, non-traditional uh, uh, sort of coaching or performance setting. Okay, excellent. Who's your sales role model? Oh, <laughs> sales role model. That's a good question. I've never really been asked that. Uh you know, I, my business partner, um, Larry, Larry Reeves, Reeves, yeah, yeah he, he's, he's been a, <clears throat> he's developed into a role model for me, um, just around how he, more around his negotiation ability, mm-hmm. which is part, which is part of selling, right? Getting, sure. getting, uh, getting agreement. He's really good at it. Okay. What's the one book that every salesperson should read? Oh boy. Um, this is going to be, um, a book I recently read, and it's called The Sensational Salesperson. And the reason they should read that is it it gives lessons about things that nobody will have ever taught you, either in person or another book. It gives you lessons about um, about what to wear, lessons about how to treat people, um, all with a selling context in mind. It's a great book. It's by a guy named Dwayne Cummins. All right. Uh, yeah. God, I'll look that up. I haven't heard that one. I'll, I'll see if we can get him on the show. Yeah. Um, okay. Now, here's here's a tough question. You know, what's your favorite music to listen to? What's on your playlist? Oh, I love, and I play, I'm a guitarist myself, 
And I love uh, Southern rock and roll with a little bit of country thrown in there. All right. So like Leonard Skinner. Oh, yeah. Marshall, Eagles. Marshall Tucker. Yes, you got it. You're All hitting right. the nail on the head there. <laughs> <laughs> Almond oh, Brothers Band. Almond Brothers. Yeah, I've got the greatest hit lined up. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. Good. I like that. So last question for you. What's the quest- one question you get asked most frequently by salespeople? Hmm. Uh, I do some mentoring um, and I talk, work with a lot of people. And uh, one of the questions they uh, they ask me a lot has to do with uh, ad- advancing their career. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Questions like, hey, if I want to, you know, I want to move into management, can you give me some tips and how I can prepare to do that? So it has to do a lot with, you know, them looking, looking to someone who's advanced my career up through sales leadership ranks and you know they want to tap into some of that expertise and you know tips on how i did it and your answer is oh the answer there uh it really depends on who i'm talking to because there's a lot of different things but number one i tell them that you know their their advancement is 100 percent their responsibility right number one and, right. and i give them i give them ways to do that. Um, and I said, you know, I would say nothing, nothing replaces work ethic and passion and, and make no mistake about this one. If you come in a few minutes late, leave a few minutes early, and this is just one tiny little example, make no mistake about it that your manager knows whether the manager is right there. <laughs> absolutely. Or not. Absolutely. You know, so I kind of get, I kind of get down to some of the real, real nitty gritty basic stuff when we had that conversation. So, all right. Well, excellent. Well, good. Well, I want to thank you for being my guest today. Joining us has been Bob Perkins, chairman of the AAISP. Bob, how can folks find out more about the AAISP? Well, you can, uh, the best, there's two ways. One is uh, online since we're virtual, <laughs> we're talking virtual sales here. But you can go to our website at uh, www.aa-isp.org, O-R-G. Um, that's one way. Secondly, I would encourage everyone to get out to a, a city near you. We have 60 plus chapters around the world. 45 in the U.S., 20-some internationally, and chances are near a local AAISP chapter. You can come and visit as a guest. Uh, they, they typically meet once a quarter. They have you know presenters, and you get to network, and you get to share uh, ideas with like-minded professionals. So Excellent. All right. Great ideas. And Bob, thanks for joining us again. And remember, friends, make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success. And subscribing to this podcast is a great way to do that because then you'll make sure you don't miss any of my conversations with top business experts like my guest today, Bob Perkins, who share their expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks for joining us. Until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guest, visit my website at andypaul.com. Hey, sales strategists. At Revenue.io, we're not just imagining the future of sales. We're building it. We offer the world's most complete platform for revenue teams, and we're featured in the most recent Forrester Waves for both sales engagement and conversation intelligence. 
With Revenue.io, you can slash call prep time to seconds, guide your reps in real time to have more successful conversations, and after calls, we generate ready-to-send recap emails so sellers can keep deals soaring toward the finish line at light speed. See the future of sales now at Revenue.io.